Hello everyone, welcome back to the Shadle Solutions Podcast. My name is Austin Shadle, and today I am excited to bring to you a conversation I had with Mary Beth Wims. She's a physical therapist at Core Physical Therapy in West Des Moines, Iowa. And while this is a business-focused podcast, this conversation isn't necessarily super business-oriented, but I do think it's a lot of valuable stuff that I would like the world to be more aware of. And one of my goals with this podcast is to give people that aren't really sure what professional route they want to go in life a little look into the different industries that are out there. So while today isn't a super business-oriented podcast, I think it does give you a good idea of what it might be like to be a physical therapist, which could potentially become somebody's career. So with that, I am excited to bring everybody along for this conversation, and we'll get into it. So today joining me is Mary Beth Wims. She's a physical therapist at Core Physical Therapy in West Des Moines, Iowa. She's a cycling and yoga enthusiast and also a newlywed. Congrats again for that. Thank you. I know that uh, first uh, first round with that didn't go so hot, did it? Our, everybody's little favorite virus came in. COVID stole the day. <laughs> so what happened What happened there? I, I just started to get to know you guys, I think, right around that. Uh, so after two-plus years of <clears throat> both my now husband and I working in person, um, during the throughout the pandemic, we both managed to contract COVID our wedding week. Um, Jake on Tuesday of wedding week and me the day before on Friday. So uh, definitely threw a wrench in our plans. We ended up basically scaling down to a pretty private ceremony. Mm. Just did the, the ceremony part, the important part, um, outside and then canceled the, the party afterward. But we did a redo um, mm. a few weeks ago. Sound like that went well. And that went a lot better. It's a lot more fun when you don't have COVID. <laughs> To awesome. get married, turns out, yeah. So <laughs> good deal, good deal. <clears throat> uh, so a little bit into your backgrounds. So what? Uh, how did you get into this career path? Did you start with this in mind, or start somewhere else? I did not start with this in mind. Um, that's not exactly true. I uh, was interested in health and wellness in um, college. And I got a degree in what's called health science. So it's basically like health education. Um, mm. I learned after graduating that um, really to, to be able to work with patients in that capacity, I probably needed to have some additional training. Um, and I wasn't ready to do that because I didn't know what I wanted to, to further mm-hmm. study in. So um, I ended up working in healthcare administration. I worked at the University of Wisconsin and did clinical trial administration for about five years. So working with um, folks across the state, to help them access clinical drugs or drugs that are being studied clinically. Hmm. Um, and great experience. You know, I learned a lot about budgets and institutional review boards and working with people. Um, but I really didn't love sitting at a desk. Okay. Um, and that was a, a pretty much almost entirely desk role. So, uh, and then I thought, well, I think I want to work with people. And I'd, I'd had this kind of interest in teaching English for a while. Um, and so there's a, a school up in Madison that teaches um, English as a second language learners. Um, so they actually get students from all over the world that come to Madison, Wisconsin, and learn English. Interesting. Um, yeah, it is. But they have a small secondary program where they teach people to teach English as a foreign language. So um, I enrolled in that program and I got my 
teaching English as a foreign language certificate. Ended up teaching at that school for a brief period in addition to working at the cancer center. And I really liked that. Um, so then I actually got a, a job teaching in South Korea, and I taught English for a year there. Oh. Yeah. So when you do that, do you have to have a certain level of Korean competency, or how does that work? <laughs> you know, it probably would have made life a lot easier. Oh, okay. Um, but it's it's not a requirement at all because it actually kind of forces the the kids to communicate with you in English oh, okay. if you if you don't speak their language. Um, but yeah, definitely some. <laughs> hilarious snafus of trying to navigate. I did take Korean lessons while I was there, but it was an extremely humbling experience. I mean, mm-hmm. I, th- I took an intensive class and I learned like the alphabet and to ask like where the bathroom was, and yeah. how to order food. Um, so anyway, I, I did that for just over a year and then I was kind of getting the itch to come back to the States. And it was really at that point, I um, was thinking about physical therapy, um, which I had worked as a tech at a clinic in um, college and just hadn't really found that it clicked. But after working for a while, like that healthcare interest and then really teaching, because that's what physical therapy involves a lot of, mm-hmm. is <clears throat> you know teaching people tools and strategies they can use to manage their own symptoms. Because most of us have some level of discomfort or mm-hmm. limitation or something that we're working on. And so really that's what I love about physical therapy and that's what drew me to it is getting to work with people, develop that one-on-one relationship, and then share with them like what I know about the body and help them discover things themselves about how they move and um, what works best for them. So mm-hmm. yeah, it wasn't the most linear paths, but eventually yeah. um, ended up doing some shadowing and then um, applying to doctor physical therapy programs. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, because PT, there's the in the person-to-person spot, but mm-hmm. a lot of the progress is more when they go home and they, they have to do the prescribed exercises, stretches, and whatnot, right? For sure. It's definitely a, um, like, it's a collaboration. And mm-hmm. I always tell people, you know, if you're, if you're here once or twice a week for 40 minutes, what you're doing those other 23 hours per day, and um, that's really where the difference is made. So um, we definitely try to emphasize that it's, it's a partnership on the patient's journey and I'm just here to help guide and, um, but really they're in the driver's seat. So yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So we were, we were chatting a little bit. I'm well, even though I'm, I'm one of those people, I'm a bit stubborn. There are probably times where I should have gone to a PT. I haven't, but despite that, uh, I'm very interested in it because the, I see there's a problem out there where people just put kind of band-aids on problems or you know just start stacking the Tylenol or Mm -hmm. things that in the long run are really not good for your health and don't fix the underlying problem um so and kind of going along that why why is PT you know a good solution and uh should people consider it rather than you know some of those kind of more band-aid solutions or uh um yeah, I don't know if that gets your thoughts going. Yeah, I well, I'm biased, obviously, because this is what I do, and I'm really passionate about it. But I think um, any time that <clears throat> you end up doing medication or, like, injections or surgery, um, there's a concern that perhaps you're not addressing the underlying issue, like you mentioned. And sometimes the 
what that can lead to is, you know, maybe it wasn't for some of my, my patients who've been in pain for a long time, it starts with an injection and then maybe it's, um, a, a procedure called an ablation, which is, um, it's called a nerve burning procedure. It's a, a little mm. more drastic step. Um, and then surgery. And it, it's like every time we're doing something more and more drastic. And if you're never addressing what the underlying cause was that prompted all of those like down the line symptoms, you're just going to continue having to band-aid and band-aid over. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying there's not a time and place for those things, because for sure, I see a lot of folks who need those types of interventions. But I always think if we can try to do the most conservative thing, you know, less invasive mm -hmm. first, that's sure. definitely putting the patient's best interest at heart because um, you want to, to help people move more freely, be more functional, but without undergoing some of those things that do have risk and um, really giving them those tools to empower themselves to take care of their own health. Yeah. So, so yeah, you're speaking my language, Austin. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm on the same page. What, uh, yeah. what are some of the most common things that you just see people have a lot that they just tend to, you know, use those Band-Aid solutions, whether it be a small or big thing? What, what are some of the most common ones you see that you just want to jump and say, hey, you know, I could just do these few things and we could help you a lot and remove that just Band-Aid solution. So I'm going to call you out, Austin, because you told me <laughs> you'd had a pec injury when you were training for your Ironman. Um, I think a lot of times shoulder stuff, mm. um, actually, you know, the shoulder often follows what the thoracic or the mid-back is doing and the rib cage. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that shoulder is getting beat up and it is not the problem. It's really what's going on in the torso. Um, so I think injections, surgery for shoulder stuff, and nobody's ever really looking at the core and mm. some of the, like, that's where the shoulder, so the shoulder ongoing, attaches. Yeah. If they have ongoing shoulder problems. Yep. I would definitely be looking at what's going on in the mid back. Okay. Um, I think that about neck pain too. So a lot of, mm. you know, neck pain is something that I see a lot of in my practice. And I know I that's, experience that's another thing neck I pain. Have. Yep. Okay. All right. <laughs> Austin, I'll set you up with an appointment after we're done with All this. Right. Uh, but you know, neck pain, like we can stretch neck and we can talk about stress and um, posture and some of those things that we tend to go to, but really looking down the line, like what's attached to that mm -hmm. cervical spine, what's supporting that structure. Um, so the, the thoracic spine or the mid back and the rib cage, that's a huge one. Um, I would say I see a lot of low back pain. Mm -hmm. Um, low back pain can have a multitude of causes. And I would say every person I've seen with a low back issue is different than is every it? other. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, just because there are so many different factors that can okay. impact low back pain. Um, and so that, that's an important thing is, you know, not presenting with a cookie cutter approach. Like if you're having back pain and I'm having back pain, we might need completely different treatment plans. Hmm. Um, because there are a lot of different things that could be contributing to that issue. I would say I see a lot of knee stuff mm -hmm. as well. Um, and I'm going to say, you know, knees kind of like the shoulder with the mid back knees and the hips and pelvis are really related. So if somebody's constantly having knee issues, knee concerns, um, really looking up the chain and down mm -hmm. the chain, what's going on with the ankle, what's going on with the hip. Do you have stability there? Do you have mobility? Because sometimes the joint where you're having the pain or maybe the lack of strength, it's really the one that's having to have compensated. Yeah. Compensate. Mm -hmm. Right. For that's, another that's area. I've been, 
um, I don't know, somewhat looking into or trying mm-hmm. to focus on because I, eventually I want to get into ultra marathons. Mm-hmm. So I know having strong strong base beneath is going to be very key yep. for that. So it's it, that's one of those things where you kind of have to humble yourself because if you want to do the exercises that are really going to help that, it's not going to be, you know, a heavy weight or something that, you know, us meatheads want to try to do. So you got you to gotta be that big guy there with, you know, maybe some 10-pound dumbbells doing some, I don't know, goofy split squats or something. Yeah. But I, it's important. There's a lot you can do with lighter weight, like body weight or even smaller dumbbells, but like really focused to try to isolate mm-hmm. small muscles. Um, and that's part of the cool cool part about what I do and what all of us do here at, at core, um, and other physical therapists, you know, we're, we're kind of like little detectives mm-hmm. and, um, you know, every person is different. Their goals are different. Their movement history is different. Their experience with exercise. Um, and then there's a lot of the psychological element that goes into to things as well, like mm-hmm. you. So, Meathead was the phrase you used. I mean, you enjoy working out. Yep. You tend to work out at a super high level. So that's going to be really different than maybe somebody else who comes in. And for them, like they're trying to start maybe walking more than five or 10 minutes. So their journey is going to look different. But there are also some elements that are, are similar. So mm-hmm. that's part of what's really cool about PT. And we have the time with patients to learn that about them. Yeah, that's something that... Uh, the, the thing that I've noticed as I've just dug into the self-help and then mm-hmm. especially the sports nutrition side on my own is, you know, typically people just go see a, what do they call it, a general practitioner, which obviously very smart people, but, you know, the, the bottleneck there is they can't know everything. Mm-hmm. So if you know, I'd like to see the world, you know, go to specialists or PTs or, you know, explore those, go to those people that can spend the time to get to know mm-hmm. that specific issue for you rather than you know going to the gp and like just begging for one of those band-aid solutions like we talked to before sure and then especially on the pt side like i've you know listened to endurance athletes or uh if you ever read can't hurt me by david goggins Mm -mm. he's so he's one he's like the definition of mind over matter if if you i suggest you at least listen to that book sometime on audible that's, okay. that's the best way because there's extras in there but he, he just like he did 100 miles in a day like basically without training and his like body basically shut down after he made it through three hell weeks and sealed training all, all this stuff and okay he got to the point that like capability wise he was in very good shape but like his body just started kind of like shutting down one day his heart was freaking out and uh he remembered that they had this guy that came in trained their team on just like how to strategically stretch and stuff Mm -hmm. like that so he just started stretching every day and then it kind of turned out his body was just so tense that it was like shutting down so i was i really like that as an example of how just you know some kind of basic pt and just focusing Mm -hmm. on parts of your body in that way can really solve a lot of problems or make a world of a difference Mm -hmm. I love that. I think, you know, that old adage, like, what is it? An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, Mm. something like that. I think um, (laughs) part of what you're speaking to is, you know, just with general movement and mobility, like you don't have to run 100 miles to maintain Mm -hmm. a certain level of fitness. But 
our bodies are meant to move. And yeah, our, that's, that's the biggest kind of probably problem in America today. Is, right. Our society is not set up to move. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had a, I actually had an injury last summer. Um, I fell and, um, Luckily, I got to see some wonderful physical therapists here at Core PT who got me back moving. But um, I was having trouble walking, and it was crazy because I had to go pick up a prescription. You can go through the drive-thru to do that. Um, I was able to order food delivered to my home. I could even go to the library and pick up my library books by going through a drive-thru window. Now, obviously, this is like a COVID yeah. slant, but... Yeah, well, COVID it, probably made it worse. Probably, right? Because that... Anything. Yeah, it, we... It was oh, a weird mix of people had time. Some of them were like, okay, mm-hmm. I need to go start walking because I have the time. But mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, yeah, it's, it's just made the world even more sit-happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely like a sedentary culture, and you have to go out of your way to move more. So... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you said that, okay, your body's meant to move. Mm-hmm. So what are, what are things that start to happen to the body if you're not moving? I feel like the, the more you can make people aware of, you know, like what's actually happening by they're not moving. Maybe I like to think that, you know, get them thinking maybe more likely to take some action. So. Sure. Okay. So I don't want to be like a scary doom person, but yeah. I also want to provide <laughs> some, um, Heart health is a huge one. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that the more movement we have, the healthier we tend to be from a cardiovascular standpoint. So Isn't that, that still the leading, or it's in the top three of leading like causes of death, I'm pretty sure, I in believe, the company. I think heart is at least top two. I believe that's correct, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, tangent, but super interesting. There was a study that was done... And I want to say it's been a few decades ago now, but, um, you know how in London they have those double decker buses. Mm -hmm. So there was a study that was done and the researchers looked at, um, I think it was all guys at that point. So maybe it's, it's older than a few decades. Um, I might butcher some of the details on this, but I think the, the point I can, I can identify and it's, it's really interesting. So they looked at, um, people who are working on those buses and they were either taking tickets like walking up and down and checking that people had the correct Mm -hmm. ticket to get on the bus or driving. And so these were people that were um, roughly the same, you know, they tended to be from the same socioeconomic background. They tended to have similar habits outside of work, tended to be similar ages. They were guys. Um, The the main difference that the researchers could find was some of them sat all day Mm -hmm. and drove the bus and some of them walked all day. And the health differences in those two groups of people was like night and day, like cardiovascular disease. I want to say weight, blood pressure. Again, Mm -hmm. I'm going to butcher the details, but the only thing that the researchers could pinpoint was the difference was that movement. Yeah. And like, I just think that's crazy. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, exercise is like, honestly, the best drug we have. Yeah, it really is. That's, that's something I want to throw my pod, my other, my one of my podcasts, I want to bring that mm-hmm. up a lot and, you know, how it's helped me and yeah. in just so many mm-hmm. ways, uh, I think there's, there's a good podcast. I think it's called the beauty and the geek. Um, it's two, they're both bodybuilding competitors. One, the male, it's a husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has his PhD in exercise nutrition, I think, but so they have a fitness related podcast and they're, you know, like legit into the sciences stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they were saying that just 
you don't even have to go crazy, but just consistent exercise mm-hmm. just literally boosts all like known health markers. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I, I like what you said there too. Um, I think sometimes people feel like it has to be like, we were mentioning that ultra mm-hmm. marathon or it doesn't like there's, there's data that shows that just, just getting moving. Mm-hmm. And then incrementally, the more you move to an extent, not if you're going <laughs> to have your entire body lock up, like, uh, Dave Goggins, you mentioned, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's more benefit the more we move. And not only with those, those health markers, like the things we can measure, like blood pressure and cholesterol, um, like tolerance to blood sugar, mm-hmm. like glucose levels, but also like the mental benefits. Yeah. So there's data. Oh, I, I mean, I was in decent shape, mm-hmm. you know, but then the last couple of months I wanted to shave a few pounds because mm-hmm. there's just this little Goldilocks weight. I know if I can get to, I can easily maintain. And yeah, just that like eight pound difference, you know, it's surprising just how much confidence and just in general, the better you feel, even something that small. And just like, even in the immediate, like after um, some type of aerobic or, or resistance training, like we get endorphins that are released just in that mm-hmm. short term. And so that can improve mood immediately. Uh, it can improve ability to focus. So not only some of the things you're talking about with like how you might see yourself and some of those benefits that are gained over consistent exercise, but even just like something you could do today, mm-hmm. you <clears throat> might feel better. Um, which I think is really, really amazing. Like, mm-hmm. cause that's so empowering and to people, right? Yeah. And I think it's something you can just grow to enjoy too. Mm-hmm. I mean, in any case that once you're, once you're kind of good at something or, you know, you can do it confidently, then it becomes more enjoyable. So you got to get past that first bit. But yeah, I think a good, I like to think I'm a good example. And in, in engineering school, you'd see people go in, they, they definitely look like a freshman in college they pop out the other side four years later and they look like they're like, they're like 35 and balding, even though they're only 22 or 23. I a lot hey now, of Austin, 35 is not old. 35 is not old. <laughs> relative, they look 10 years older than they are. They're so counterparts. Like, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But then I like to think out, I, I was one of the few that probably spent most of my time just working out, not, mm-hmm. you know, going out and binge drinking every weekend. And I like people always surprised when I say I'm 26 and not like 21 or 22. So I like to think that I'm, I'm proving as an example of, Hey, if you prioritize this, you know, it's, it shows the, the effects. So question for you, did it help with your stress during grad school? I, I think so. Um, and, uh, where I really noticed the impact was when I was working my first job out of school, uh, managing wind farm construction, working like a 60 hour work week was a short week. And then usually it was a bunch of drive time cause you know, wind farms are in the middle of nowhere. Um, I would, I was barely training like at all, maybe once or twice a week. And it wasn't even, you know, that good of a workout cause you're just exhausted all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I like, I like to think most people meet me. I'm like a really nice person, you know, but we're not, after like about a year of that, I was just like, I was a really angry person. I, I don't think I really took it out on people, but I could just feel it myself. Like I just, yeah, a completely different person when I can't mm-hmm. regularly mm-hmm. exercise. <clears throat> and then speaking of, speaking of construction, I think that's another kind of realization I had. So I always wondered how you'd meet these construction workers that are like getting pretty old or you met somebody that spent their whole life in construction 
when you're in construction, they, and like, I just always wondered how do these guys live so long? Because they're, <laughs> I'm sorry, but their, their diets are like literally just like straight out of a gas station. You know, they're just spending all their free time probably drinking and all this stuff. But then I realized, hey, that difference is they're one of the few people these days that they're moving all day, every day when they're at work. And yeah, that, I feel like that's a really good example of how, despite everything else they mm-hmm. do, and that's probably not good for their health, they make it that far in life. And I, I wonder if that's, you know, the biggest contributing factor is the fact that they're actually active, unlike most. Movement is medicine. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a really good um, thing to keep in mind. One, one point I, I do want to make, I think sometimes people feel stressed I know I've felt this way. It's like you have to do the right kind of exercise. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Like you don't have to be a marathoner yeah. to have get some of those benefits. So I think um, I had a professor once who said, you know, the best exercise is the one that you like. Mm-hmm. And so that that's awesome because that's, yeah, there's, that's there's gardening, so that's biking, there. that's swimming, that's walking, that's yoga, that's Pilates, that's boxing, like playing with your kids, like anything mm-hmm. that can be done to add movement is, is helpful mm-hmm. and there are cumulative benefits from that. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I love watching amazing athletes as well, but I feel like if you're, working in a full-time job, you're taking care of a family, you've got household responsibilities, like going, giving yourself some slack, mm-hmm. that movement can look very differently depending on what phase of life you're in and what else you have going on. So, and then there are the folks that can do the Ironman and that's awesome too. Mm-hmm. So, um, I feel like there's a, there's a lot of variation in, in that statement. Movement is medicine. Um, and it can look different for people, a lot of different people. So. Mm-hmm. So, so back to kind of more the PT stuff. So at, at the core of PT, you know, what are, what are the, what's the foundation of the things that are really helping people? Is it like, uh, typically like strengthening weaknesses within the body? Is it getting things loosened up? What are, what are kind of the the fundamentals of PT if there are any? Uh, I think definitely looking at structures that maybe aren't moving as well. So if, if you want to call that tight or restricted or stiff, um, and that could be muscles or joints, there are things that can be done in, in physical therapy to help improve that movement. So the mobility, I feel like that's kind of like a big mm-hmm. one. And that can look different depending on the person and the body area. Um, I think strength is also one of those big, like this definitely something we're looking at, but important subcategory there. Um, We also want to look at whether a muscle is what we say is inhibited or facilitated. So we can turn muscles up or down. Basically, we can improve the activation of a muscle sometimes by making sure the mobility is up to par or changing how like somebody's form, like during a squat, like if you're having trouble feeling, feeling your glutes, um, maybe you're getting more in your back extensors. There are things we can do with Mm. positioning and breathing to basically change which muscles you use I feel like I'm going to pass out after about two or three reps with about any weight. Of squats? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Austin, again, we will give you my card. Um, so I, that's really cool because, you know, sometimes in, in clinic, 
we'll test a muscle and then we'll maybe stretch an area or we'll try a different form with an exercise. And then that muscle tends to work a little bit more efficiently. And it's cool because mm-hmm. then you can say, Hey, can you feel that? And often patients can, and we didn't make them stronger yeah, in yeah. two minutes, but we maybe helped them recruit the muscle differently. And that's pretty neat. And then, so that's like a subcategory of the strength. Um, I think something often that we talk about in PT, um, and I'm going to lump a bunch of things in this category, is all the other stuff in your life that can be affecting your physical health. Mm-hmm. So for some people, um, a lot of people, you know, we talk about stress and we talk about um maybe how that changes our breathing patterns or maybe, you know, positions we tend to get in if we are stressed and I, on a podcast, you can't see me, but I'm kind (laughs) of hunching my shoulders forward. Um, that would be an important thing. Um, maybe in terms of talking about nutrition or hydration, um, talking about sleep habits, you know, all of, all of these things, your neck can be moving perfectly well. You can have great range of motion, but if you're sleeping poorly, um, if you're under a lot of stress, maybe your neck still hurts. So then at that point, it's not really a mechanical issue. It's not a tight muscle. It's not a weak muscle. Mm -hmm. It might be all this other stuff in life. Um, and I think you could put any of a number of things in that category, like nutrition, sleep, spiritual, emotional stressors, um, so much of that stuff. So I think really mobility, strength, and then everybody is, is different in terms of what those other things are that are impacting um, symptoms or function. And so we try to talk about that in PT and um, really look at people in a holistic way. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, so I know you talk about yoga quite a bit. Um, I forget, so you, did you become a, what were they all that you got a certification or something for that yep i got my 200 hour certification um i'm a registered yoga yoga teacher with yoga alliance okay mm-hmm. so how <clears throat> so yoga i mean so a lot of people you know i think oh yoga you know that's kind of you know maybe girly or something um but i feel like it fits in really well with this uh, the ideas of pt mm-hmm. uh so where are like those big crossovers and you know, some of the the benefits that you'd like people to know about when it comes to yoga? Uh, So there's a lot of variation in in yoga. So I will will go ahead and say that. Um, I think in general, the things that I would say are uh, yoga is is about balance. And um, you can look at that in a physical realm, but you can look at that in kind of the emotional, spiritual, mental realms as well. And, and yoga talks about that. Like the physical postures in yoga is actually just one small part of what traditional yoga is, mm. which mm-hmm. is super interesting, right? Cause in the West we've taken basically the yeah, physical true, postures yeah. and like, maybe we talk about the breathing, but really we're talking about the, the poses, but um, you know, ancient yoga was about like philosophy about how you live your life and your relationships and diet and all of these other factors. So I'm still learning about all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I have this 200 hour certification. I don't want to claim to be an expert, but um, that's important to know. If we look at the physical part, that's the part most of us are more familiar with, especially here in the West. I think yoga is about balancing strength with mobility. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you could be really strong, but maybe not very flexible. Austin's <laughs> smiling. <laughs> 
I'm when wondering I, if this is Austin. I, I don't know. In the yoga yoga sense, I'd, yeah, I'd probably be struggling. Uh, I did I did taekwondo for a year in high school. A couple of my best friends were mm-hmm. lifelong into it. But yeah, when I started, I like could barely get my hands past my mm-hmm. knees in like a touch of toe form. And then they're like, okay, we're gonna fix that. So I, you know, between kicking and then them just like stretching me, now I can touch my toes. But okay, yeah, it's just always a yeah. I, I, I was one. Definitely one of those people that have, like, no mobility at first. And I, I think sometimes people feel like like that's what yoga is, right? It's like how far can you stretch into different positions? And um, it's not. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's balancing that, you know, you want to be strong and stable while you're mm-hmm. doing some of those flexible things. So sometimes that means less. Mm-hmm. Like Which I think that's the kind of strength that, Mm-hmm. probably impacts longevity and whatnot yeah. the most. Yeah, it's more cool going... if you can go deadlift 500, but in the, the scheme of life and being healthy, that's not really the, the deciding factor. Right. So Austin at 26 might care about his deadlift PR, mm-hmm. but maybe at 86, he cares more that he can get on and off the floor to play with his grandkids or mm-hmm. something like that. So yes, that's not to say that that there aren't benefits to yoga for like some of those high level athletic activities. But um, I do think it kind of takes maybe a little bit of a longer view. The other thing I think that is important about yoga for maybe those of us in the West who have um, gotten a certain image of it is um, it's about like, how do I want to say this? Um, A lot of Mm self-acceptance and learning when to push and wanting to back off. And that is that's hard for a lot of us and that's part of of yoga is that like philosophy Mm -hmm. so um i would say those are just kind of tidbits it's more than just the physical poses and then um you know yoga for every person looks different and i think i mean yoga accounts for that like that's that's the point Mm -hmm. just like Um, you were saying before you know sometimes it's not a mechanical issue right it's more a lifestyle stress so that's a good tool you can hand yeah. off to a patient mm-hmm. then yeah and i love like working on that, that in clinic with patients um i do a specific type of yoga called somatic yoga therapy so a lot of that is is smaller really intentional movements and it helps give people more awareness of maybe their movement patterns and mm. where they might hold tension so that's a tool right they can take that with them and um, y- you saw I was stretching my neck when you got here today because it's been a long work week. I'm going to go home and do my somatics. It's something I practice too, and it helps mm. me, and I believe in it, and that's why I want to share it with my patients. So Awesome. Yeah. What are some of the, the most common issues that people might have that, you know, they have it, they know they have it, but they wouldn't think maybe to go to a physical therapist or, yeah, what are some of those things that you'd wish more people knew, hey, this can help fix that. Uh, okay, I have two right off the bat. Right um, off the bat. TMJ issues. So TMJ is the temporomandibular joint. Everybody uh, knows about that. Everybody, of everybody knows about that. So <laughs> if you reach up right in front of your ear, there's kind of that little corner of your jaw. Yeah, that's the TMJ. Okay. So, so you got two of them. And um, have you ever had TMJ problems, Austin? Pain in the jaw, clicking mm. in the jaw, anything no, like that? I don't think so. Okay, so. Um, you get that good locked jaw when you yawn every now and then. That's not fun. <laughs> okay, you might have a little, little TMJ tension as well. But um, 
so it is not uncommon for people to experience um, headaches, ear pain, clicking, popping when they open their jaw. Sometimes mm -hmm. if, if TMJ issues can get really severe, um, people will even get their jaw like stuck open. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's ever happened to you or like partly open. And so it makes it really hard to eat, chew, talk. Oh. Um, that is something PT can help with because mm. it's a joint and there are yeah, muscles okay. that are involved. Um, that's a, that can be a tricky one to work with because sometimes those issues have been going on for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And I think people don't know where to go. So I would put a plug in for physical therapy on that one. We can help with that. And it's really rewarding to help somebody be able to return to, uh, like I had a high school student and she couldn't play at band. Oh, right. Yeah. And she's having trouble eating. And so like some of those activities has a huge impact on people's lives. Um, another one, that I want to mention is dizziness. So there are a lot of reasons that people can be dizzy. Um, we have a couple of physical therapists here at core that are trained. Um, they're certified clinical vestibular therapists. So they're physical therapists with additional training to treat vestibular issues. So, um, that means things that can cause vertigo often, um, issues with the inner ear, they have training that can help folks with those concerns, or they have training that can help them screen those patients and decide if they need to go on and see like a neurologist or an mm -hmm. ENT or some of those other specialists. So, um, have you ever experienced vertigo, Austin? Don't think, think so. so. Okay. I have been fortunate. I have not either. But what I've heard people describe it as sounds terrible. Um, it's like the room is spinning and they're not. It can make people feel like really nauseated. It can limit their ability to drive, walk, sit, work. Mm -hmm. Huge impact on people's function. And again, they don't know where to go. Um, so a lot of times those patients end up like at the emergency room or mm -hmm. going into urgent care. And that's something that physical therapists can treat, especially physical therapists who have that additional training. Um, and here at core, if I had anybody who was experiencing those things, I'd have them see one of my colleagues. So what, what's kind of the, the underlying issue that you typically see with that then? Is it? So one of the common causes, um, this is going to sound like I'm making it up. <laughs> we have canals in our inner ear mm -hmm. and there are little crystals that sit on top of hair cells. Yeah. In, have you heard of this? Sounds familiar. Yeah. Okay. So when our head moves, those hair cells and the crystals change position and it helps our brain know where we are in space. Oh, okay. Sometimes one of those crystals can get where it's not supposed to be. Hmm. And when that crystal gets into that canal, depending on which canal, people can experience um, like significant room spinning. They can mm -hmm. like throw up, um, difficulty walking. Um, the, the full name for that, oops, I got really passionate about it, hit my <laughs> microphone, is benign positional proximal vertigo or BPPV. And that is something that it's not always the cause of dizziness, but that's something that I know my colleagues do see and treat often. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah that Little crystals. It sounds like I'm making it up, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and that's just like the, the quick and dirty, like obviously it's mm -hmm. a more complex topic, but um, like I said, people that have that additional training and physical therapists are a group that's qualified to treat that. Yeah. It's interesting how easy that, a part of the system of the body mm -hmm. can be messed with because, um, what is it? Like my cousins, I know people, with the VR headsets. Mm -hmm. And I do fine with like the ones where you're standing and moving. 
but the things where you're sitting but watching something that's moving, it, it takes like no time at all before my system is completely messed up and I'm just like, nope, mm-hmm. can't do it. Which the going to Universal made that a lot less fun because now those rides, they, okay, they put you in the big thing, but then they just stick you in front of a screen. Yeah. And that whole, the whole time I'm just like, oh, nope, I can't handle this. <laughs> it's, it's wild. And so for some people, like, going to the grocery store and like walking down mm. a grocery store aisle or driving like with cars coming at them, that mm-hmm. can be an issue for their vestibular system. So that's something that PTs can actually help with. Hmm. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. <clears throat> Those would be my, my two big ones that come to my, me right off the bat. I think often people think about, you know, backs, knees, hips, shoulders with physical therapy, mm-hmm. but those are a couple other yeah, things that we can help with. Key little stuff. Uh, we'll see any anything else related to PT that people might not know that you want to get out in the world. Yes, uh, there is a concept called direct access, which is something I want to hit home. Um, historically, let me back up. Direct access means that you could come in and see a physical therapist without a referral from your primary care provider. Okay. And um, in all states now, direct access is available. There used to be some states that required referral from a primary care provider. The one big one that does not follow direct access is Medicare. So if you have a loved one who's over 65 or if they're on Medicare and under 65, they do need a referral from their physician's assistant, doctor, nurse practitioner, whomever their primary care provider is, to physical therapy. But if you have a commercial insurance, like in Iowa, a lot of us have Wellmark, mm-hmm. um, United Healthcare, Aetna, Cigna, you can go in and see a PT um, of your own accord. And that was a change that was made when the entry-level education for physical therapy changed from a bachelor's to a master's, and now it's a doctor degree it's a it's a three year so the idea with that is if you're going to be allowing people to go in and see a physical therapist directly you need those physical therapists trained in um, more of the body systems to know when they need to refer somebody to a physician or for imaging or something like that so Mm -hmm. um, we went to more school we got direct access and the idea is it decreases the amount of time where you hurt your shoulder, Austin, you want to come in and see a PT instead of having to make an appointment with your primary care, go see the primary care, get a referral to PT, make an appointment with PT. Now Mm -hmm. you're two, three, four weeks out. You could call your physical therapy clinic and make an appointment directly. So yeah, that's a really important thing to know. And I, I, a lot of people don't. Yeah. And that, that ring, uh, reminds me of something. I think I remember you talking about the importance of like, if you know, if you know you're going to have a surgery for mm-hmm. something, uh, but maybe it's, you know, it's not like super pressing in the moment, but you know you're going to have to, uh, some of the, the benefits of maybe getting into PT before, or both before and after, is that? Yeah, that's that's probably a more recent trend. Um, it's called prehab. And the idea is if you're going in for a surgery, like if you're going to go in and have your knee replaced or um, maybe a rotator cuff surgery, there is benefit we're finding to going to therapy before surgery to work on flexibility and strength prior to going mm-hmm. under the knife. And the idea is that, you know, surgery um, recovery often 
limits mobility. It impacts strength. There you have swelling, yeah. you have pain. And if you can go into surgery kind of in your top form, like we know you mm -hmm. need surgery, so we're not fixing the core issue, but we're trying to make you as flexible and as strong as possible before the surgery. So you go in at the best possible level. And therefore, when you go through that surgical procedure, you're, you're like primed for a good outcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. There's a, I can't remember the name. There's a book we had to read in high school. It was about a guy who, yeah, like big time athlete was in a car wreck and like by all means probably should have died. But the, I think it was in like his bulking phase. And I feel like I've heard a lot of examples of doctors saying, hey, because you had, because you're in such good shape or mm -hmm. you had so much muscle mass that your body was able to take that traumatic injury mm -hmm. and it not affect you as bad. So, so yeah, that kind of makes sense on a smaller scale. Mm -hmm. If you know you're going to have some sort of, you know, impact on your body, like a surgery, the more you can prepare for that. Because things that are tight or weak before surgery, they're only going to be more so afterward. Mm -hmm. So you really want to try to maximize um, maximize that potential before surgery. So that's something that people don't often think about as well. And I would say we're starting to do more of, um, especially as you know, insurance companies realize it might shorten the rehab after a surgery. Yeah, that's true. If you have people going in and in a good shape. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, I think that's a, a good note to end on so red carpet time if any if anybody has had some uh ideas that or they they realize hey maybe they need need help with something how can they get a hold of you sure um so i'm at core physical therapy in west des moines my email sure. is mary beth m-a-r-y-b-e-t-h at core pt iowa.com um we also have a website, corepetiowa.com. I should double check that that's our website. <laughs> Let me make sure I get the address. Um, that's probably the best way. Okay. Awesome. So, yeah, any anybody listening that says, oh, hey, you know, I have one of those issues that's been bugging me, come, come meet Mary Beth. Uh, I've heard lots of good things, so I'm sure she can get you fixed and moving much better. Uh, appreciate the time today. Glad we could find... Uh, find some time. Hope you had fun. And uh, I did. It was fun to nerd out with you a little <laughs> bit about movement. So thank you for uh, for the opportunity. Awesome. All right, everyone. That wraps it up for today's episode. I appreciate you listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Got some value out of it. If you're in the Des Moines area and you have some issues that Mary Beth could help you out with, be sure to hit her up. Or even if you're not in the Des Moines area, I highly suggest, you know, if you have some of the issues we talked about today struck a chord with you, then go check out your local physical therapist, and I hope the best and they can get the problem solved. So again, thank you everyone for listening. If you want to follow for more, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you want more content, check me out, Austin Shadel, or you can look up Shadel Solutions on LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube.